Destroy All Children is a website just for you If playing with video games is what you like to do Or rotting your brain with comics and first run movies too We've got a great selection of news and reviews So search us out on the web, you just won't get enough Of all our digital madness and other fancy stuff We'll also make you laugh until your tummy's feeling buff Destroy All Children you should go there now. Yeah. Hello and welcome to Destroy All Children. Knowing me, Larry Davis. Knowing you, George Brundle. Uh-huh. 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 Hey, how uh-huh. are you liking Psychonauts 2? Larry? You know what's really cool <laughs> is... um. When games have bizarre release dates, not just the date, but you can't play this until 8 p.m. Yeah, you can install this game at 4.15 in the afternoon. Mountain time. Uh Uh-huh. Yeah, so that's what they're doing, huh? 8 p.m. to play Psychonauts 2? Yep. Great. It should just be midnight for all games. Not even even just midnight. Midnight what region, though? You're getting uh, kind of a gremlin situation with that. <laughs> I was going to say, whatever region where it is not safe anymore to feed a gremlin. Yeah. Uh, eh, East Coast. Yeah, I agree. Because then everyone, like, on on my side of the country, we we get it a little bit sooner. Because we're behind. Well, not, not really, though. It's the same time. Mm. It's just to you, like, your clock says a different time, but it's not like you're playing it earlier than me. How well do you think Psychonauts 2 is going to perform uh, financially, given the oh, fact terrible. that it's had zero marketing, as far as I can tell? Uh, probably terrible, um, but hey, can't be worse than the first one. To me, it, I don't think it matters, because I think this is like a Bayonetta 2 situation where Microsoft basically was just like, ah, here's the funding for the game, get us something for Game Pass. So yeah. I, I don't think they really care. I just, I don't know how Double Fine, well, Double Fine got bought up by Microsoft, didn't yes. they? Oh, okay, never mind. Then they're fine. Yeah. <laughs> They'll be fine. I was going to say, like, Double Fine's output, I don't know how they're still in business by this point, because they're not really <laughs> marketing their games, and they're not really putting anything out. Well, yeah, and a couple of the recent ones were not great either. Um, But that that's because they didn't have Tim E.S., behind yeah. them what was the king is back what was some of the what was the last thing that they did rad was the last one i think that was like a, the roguelike thing i don't even remember that well it wasn't really promoted much so <laughs> probably not <laughs> well no it's a double fine game so yeah sure yeah yeah well for that i think was hack and slash which is like an interesting premise i don't think that sold well either it's mm-hmm. a double fine game but mostly the things they've been doing have been the remasters of the old adventure games. I think those have done all right. Mm. Larry, what have you been playing then if you've not been playing Psychonauts the second? Oh boy. Uh, speaking of Game Pass, maybe you have heard of a game called 12 Minutes. No, what's that? Explain it to me like I'd never heard of it before. You... It, Well, it's a game that was announced and shown like six years ago uh, and then disappeared for a long time. And now it's out. 
Uh, Wasn't that like the thing, like it's an overhead view thing yes. and it's something about like, oh, it's a, a murder has taken place. So you got to use time travel to figure it out. No. Okay, then I have no idea what 12 minutes <laughs> is. <laughs> it is overhead. Um, it, it's like fully overhead, like a was it dream <laughs> web, the old adventure game. It's got the same perspective. Uh, but it is a point-and-click adventure game. It is a time loop game. Uh, so basically the idea is you're stuck in a time loop. There's a cop that shows up to your apartment where you're with your wife. The Enterprise sees another Enterprise and Kelsey they got to figure there. out. Yeah. Okay, I get it. Not, okay. No, I follow well, along now. I'm, well, the cop is bald. so um, Just like Captain Picard. I was thinking Kelsey Grammer. <laughs> um, but so the cop comes in and uh, he wants to know where uh, this watch is. Um, okay. And he says that your wife has killed her dad and you have to, it, it says 12 minutes. I don't think the loop is actually 12 minutes long, even at its longest. Um, but Sure feels that way sometimes, for reasons I'll get into later. Here's the thing. Uh-huh. Even notwithstanding all the issues I have with the story, and those are very big, it's a terrible game. Um, because, for example, to, to take a recent game, The Outer Wilds, which is also a time loop game, where you have to solve this mystery before uh, the sun supernovas, that if you know what to do you can just do it like that's entirely about gaining the knowledge that you need in order to progress it's not gating you out of it it's like a metroid or resident evil thing once you know where to go and what to do you can make short work of the rest of the game no not really it's exactly like that it's not because in those you would still have to go get items and do like basically a metroidvania Anyway, in this, you still have to do certain things in order for the character to learn things and know what to say. And it's also really annoying because some of the things you'll have to do in subsequent loops are like, you'll have to follow specific dialogue branches. And it should have had like a, like a flowchart thing, kind of like the Zero Escape games do. So you can <laughs> skip to it. Because otherwise, uh, what happens in practice is that you end up seeing a lot of the same dialogue and like just having to skip through it a lot and try to figure out, okay, do I do this now or do I do it later? At one point I figured out you need to have the guy talk to his daughter. Uh, and so I was like, okay, then do I like call her while he's here? No, that doesn't work. Do I try to give him the phone or talk to him and tell him to call his daughter or something? No, that doesn't work. Do I have to do the path where I end up with him tied up on the ground and then call the daughter and have her talk to him? No, that doesn't work for some reason. sounds about as fun to me as uh, trying to figure out the bot colony bomb and baggage (laughs) claim puzzle. Like, nah, it doesn't work. No, this doesn't work either. Pretty much. Um, And then it's funny because... There are only so many things you can do, really. It ends up kind of just being the adventure game, try every item on everything else. And even so, there are a total of three rooms in the game, and there aren't that many 
items either. And at the same time, the developers were never like, oh, maybe you'll try to use a gun with a window because I tried to do that and just brought up like this debug looking caption that says like <laughs> asterisk crack window decal and that's it. Six years to come yep. out to market. Uh-huh. Um, and then, well, you can kind of tell where it kind of suffered from a feature creep as they call it because the characters are voiced by an all-star cast. You've got Daisy Ridley. You've got oh, oh no. John McAvoy. You is that his name? Something yeah, McAvoy. John, yeah, John McAvoy. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> For, it, like no, John I is so generic. Like, I was starting to think, like, wait, is it John? Um, yes, Professor X. Yeah. And Willem Dafoe, the great oh. Willem Dafoe. Yes, the Green he's, Goblin. Yeah. Now I want to play this. That's right. Gobbo's back, baby. Yeah. Um, He's pretty good in this. Throw a pumpkin bomb at the window and get a debug menu to pop up. Something very good is that uh, McAvoy and Ridley are both doing American accents. uh, Very unconvincing. And there's no reason for it. Like, there's nothing about this that even places it in America, really. There's, like, they could have just been speaking in their normal accents. It would have been fine. I wonder uh, what oh, Americanized Daisy really sounds like. I don't think I've ever heard that before. Just very generic, basically. Okay. Um, actually, there is one thing, I guess, that says it's set in America, but it doesn't mean they have to be American. Like Doctor Strange with his Doctor House voice. Um, yeah. So, Okay. Do you want me to get into the plot here? Yeah, let's get into spoilers. the plot. Spoilers. Because I, I have heard you like allude to having real issues with the plot for probably a week now, and I really don't uh-huh. know what even happens in 12 minutes. Again, all I knew, it was an overhead perspective kind of thing. There was a crime, something to do with time. Yeah. I didn't even know okay. Willem Dafoe was in it for Christ's sake. You think that would be one of the things I didn't know about the game? So I'm I'm kind of going into this with very little knowledge. Okay, so as I've mentioned, he says that your wife killed her father. Eventually, you find out that she admits she shot him, and so she thinks she killed him, but she actually didn't. He survived it. He was then shot a few days later and died from that. <laughs> uh because she like ran away after she shot him and then never went back. Um, Fucking whoops. Yeah. So, uh, you find out the person who shot him, uh, he refers to him as monster, which, hey, 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 maybe oh. send a check over to Naoki Urasawa because you maybe owe him money for this. Oh no. Um, and it turns out the person who shot him was the son that he had with the nanny he was having an affair with. Uh, okay. So that would be your wife's half brother. Who I who do you think so it far. is? Um yeah, uh, he shot himself. No. <laughs> he was cleaning his gun and it went off. No, who who do you think the wife's half brother is? Oh, the wife's half brother is uh there are you, three characters in this the, game. The main, yes. the main character. <laughs> Correct. They decided that would be their big twist well, in the I, game. 
I knew the answer immediately, but it was struggling to come out because, like, I was trying to think of how that works and isn't the grossest fucking thing in the entire game. Yeah, you're right. I had this long to make this game, and that's their big thing. So, okay, after you find out that out, it gets dumber, what? but not grosser. Okay. Um, which is that this whole thing is hypnosis. You're under hypnosis from her father. Oh, damn, I got Manchurian candidated. Uh, yeah, basically he like he found out that the two of you are in a relationship and he's hip, uh, hypnotizing you to like either forget everything, which is one of the endings that then resets everything and go through it again, or um, to leave her alone. And then that's another ending. Mm. Which I think that's like basically the canon ending, as far as I can tell. Like, it just sort of goes back to the beginning of the loop, but you go into the apartment and it's empty. Um, okay. But that's it. That's it? Yeah, that's it. How that's all there is this, to it. How long does this game take to beat? This took me like three, four hours or so with that's all the trial and error. Way too long for how trite that is. Yeah, it's also annoying because there are other paths that are way more interesting. Um, like the very first time I started up, I saw a knife there. And I was like, all right, I know what I'm doing. And just immediately stabbed the wife because I thought this is <laughs> going to be the thing. They'll be like, it will break all of this. And not really like that guy kind of Willem Dafoe comes in. He's just like, my God, you murdered her. <laughs> and, uh, and then just like, I think chokes you out or something. Um, but uh, yeah. And, and also they, <laughs> after all this time they still mess things up in the loop uh when you're because you're having to redo dialogue and sometimes he will say things that don't make sense like it, he has not mentioned the cop previously but he will just say like and then the cop is going to come in through the door it's like oh yeah the cop you know the one that you've talked about before except you haven't this time yeah it's this is the worst game I've played this year. I highly doubt anything will be worse. If you have Game Pass, though, check it out to see like how bad it is. Oh sure, if you have a Game Pass, you might as well be testing everything. Anything. Out. Yeah, I saw like an article. Someone was talking about how like, oh, this is one of the smartest games I've ever played. I've been Dave playing this Kuchima for like loves it. Yeah, I've been playing this for like eight hours, man. But it doesn't feel like eight hours because it's so good. And now that you've kind of laid out like what the plot actually is, I think that person maybe got hit in the head by like a coconut or something. The, he's he talks. Of, yeah, that's a review on IGN where he also talks about like peeling back the layers of the mystery like an <laughs> onion. Like this is 13 Sentinels or something. And let me tell you, it is not. Yeah, this doesn't sound particularly dense at all. It's no pretty straightforward. I mean, when there's three characters and that's it, I, I can't imagine it could possibly get that complicated. The other thing is, like, I figured out what to do immediately, but you can't, well, not immediately, but, like, pretty soon. Basically, I figured out, like, oh, okay, I guess I must be the son from the nanny, but you have to go down a specific path where then uh, you ask the cop about like the nanny and like what her name was. And he has to say something like, um, I was something flowery, uh, Daisy, <laughs> something like that. And so I had in my possession, baby clothes, which the wife gives you, it's like, Oh yeah. Also she's pregnant. 
So there's the that, that's going on too. Hmm. And the baby it has a Dahlia on it, which your character specifically says, "Oh, that was my mother's name." <laughs> um, but you can't show it to him then. You have to end that loop and then do the, everything again exactly the same way. And then right when he says that, like right afterwards and not during it, and it's basically just like you have this one second window where you can give it to him. Or then so, you'd be like, ah, yes, that was her name, Dahlia. And... So this took you three hours, but if you were able to just kind of, not necessarily sequence break, but approach things with the knowledge that you have gained as the player more freely, it would have taken you like an hour. Uh, if I knew... If if I like start it now and just went for that ending, it would take maybe twenty minutes. I'm going to guess. Okay. Because you would have to do one. You have to do the one where you make her go to sleep and lure the cop in because you have to knock him out and get his phone, so you can look at the phone number and find his daughter's phone number, and then the next one I think you could call the daughter and go into that loop where then he talks about her name i'm not not really sure look here's you said knock the cop out and then this got me thinking about the clue movie and how that's probably a better way to spend like two hours of your time if you want some sort of like murder mystery set in like one specific location sort of thing yeah yeah the clue has way more twists and turns with its plot than this fucking video game. Clue has more interesting endings than 12 minutes also. Oh, it does. All its endings are fantastic. What do you think the canon one is? It's the Professor Plum one, right? No, it's the one where the... Or wait, yeah. No, 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 no. It's the one where the guy's like, I'm going to go home and have sex with my wife. <laughs> where, like, they're all, they're all guilty. They all had a, a, a hand in this. I think it's the Professor Plum one, actually, but... Okay. That's whatever you want it to be. That's the That's magic true. of Clue. <laughs> <laughs> uh, why is it also that every single one of these like high concept games that take place in one location just reminds me of that like flash game where you can like type whatever you want and the two people that are like having the uh, their spousal argument will react to it. <laughs> What's the name know. of that thing? I don't remember. I know what you're talking about, but I don't remember what it was called. But yeah, like just you could they would be arguing and then you could just hit on the wife or something and their eyes would just go wide and their mouths agape and they just kind of like stare at you. Like every time it's you describe this game for some reason, I am thinking of that instead. Mm -hmm. I think it's also because this sounds like it's not very well put together. Oh, it's not. It also has that in common with it. Yeah. So anyway, you uh, having a good time with it, huh? I mean, I'm done with it. I'm glad I experienced it, is the thing. Like, it's much to think about, that game. Uh, glad I did not pay money for it, because I was interested in it from the premise, like when it was first shown uh, yeah. many years ago. Because I like time loop stuff in general. I like point-and-click adventure games, so really it's right up my alley. Um, but yeah execution lot to be desired well what else have you been playing has that just been it you've been putting all your time into 12 minutes and nothing else uh 
that and more Hades, but I don't really have anything more oh. to say about Hades. Uh, I don't know. You told me that game got a whole lot more gay since we last spoke. Did I? Yeah, you were telling me that uh, oh, Pro- yeah. Pro- Proculus finally yes. brought up like Achilles and goes, yes. like, oh, I miss him. Since we, yeah, since we yeah. talked about Patroclus and Patroclus, his, his whole thing, yeah, like basically right after recording that, I checked in on him that time. He was like, ah, tell me if you see Achilles, my old friend, <laughs> wink, wink. <laughs> uh, also, I guess Orpheus is still a he. Uh, okay. I thought that. I thought he was gender swapped in this. Apparently, he just looks and sounds like a lady. Huh. Ooh. Okay. Well, I look. I love these big gay Greek himbos, so I'm glad yeah. that Achilles came up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, well, yeah. Achilles is all over the game. Like he's one of the first characters you meet. Oh, okay. But well, like Patroclus hadn't said anything about him until yeah. then. Yeah, it's a little. Well, I should play Hades at some but, point. But spoilers, like I, I did look and saw like Hercules, uh, well Heracles, whatever. Um, and who else was it that I mentioned is not in it? Oh, oh, Perseus. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Which like those those are kind of weird omissions, I think. But yeah, yeah. Hades too. That's when yeah. they show up. <laughs> sure, I'd be into that. Yeah, I. I have not been playing anything new myself. I've still been going at Dark Souls 2. I'm on the second loop now. Speaking of time loops. Ooh. Yeah. I got fucked over by a checklist, so I have not made the progress <laughs> I'd intended to make on these trophies, which has made me uh, very angry. Uh, and I've finished up Super Mario All-Stars. Spoilers. Yeah, we'll get to those, like quite a ways away from now but i forgot how much i hated the castle levels in mario 3 yeah they all like almost all of them do the same like maze shit that happens in like the first game yeah. like the first game at least is just oh you gotta figure out which of these like up middle down paths to go through this one it's like here's 20 doors figure it out yep that's why Sucks. i hate ghost houses in world yeah, but ghost houses are even like a lot more straightforward eh. than the castles in three. Eh. Like, I think actually that might be what makes uh, Mario World beat out three for me as the best Mario game is it's got less of that bullshit in it. Okay. If you say so. It's also got Yoshi. You just bop him in the back of the head. Mm-hmm. That's pretty good. Yeah, that's okay. Yeah. And that's all it's you've been doing. Cape. Yeah, the cape. It's so much better than the tanuki suit. Well, you mean the raccoon suit. Sure. I Not keep the same thing. That those are, yeah, the tanuki suits where you turn into a statue and you can't yep. take damage, which seems worthless to me, but okay. Yeah, basically. Uh, but yeah, now I haven't been playing anything new outside of outside of those. I would like to get to the other like to dark souls three and like potentially bloodborne because my goal was to platinum all those games but man platinuming bloodborne pretty easy yeah it is i mean it helps that so part of the problem with dark souls 2 is this new game plus as we had mentioned last week like there's substantive there's substantive difference uh between the base game and new game plus in that 
it's a lot more hard. Uh, it, it definitely scales up. They put in different enemy arrangements, different red phantoms that end up showing up. Uh, so I'm just to the point where like I had to completely respec my character because my build just wasn't working for it anymore. And I respec'd into something that also didn't work past a certain point. So I had to respec again. And I think that's where I've been kind of getting a little bit frustrated with it. I've done this all before, so I know I can do it. But I had a better list the last time. Because like the only thing that's really the main hang-up is I'm going to have to go back into the DLC. And the DLC is hard enough without being in New Game Plus. Mm-hmm. Like, that, the DLC in Dark Souls 2 is so fucking difficult. Yeah. They also, like, for a game where they just toss bonfires out at you like candy... Like, suddenly the DLC just has very Demon Souls-esque design to them, where the path to get anywhere is much longer and much more based around opening up shortcuts. Yeah. And in also, particular, there's a couple bosses where, like, the run back to them is extremely lengthy and full of yeah. very strong enemies. The one where you have to go across that whole snow field to get to the stupid oh, dog things. God, I'm so glad I beat them on my first try. And by that, I mean, like, I summoned as many people as I could summon to help me out with it because I did not want to have to make that run back. So when you had mentioned last week that boss where you, like, have the soldiers fighting with you and stuff, and I did not remember it at all, it was because, like, you said it was in the uh, the ice DLC, which it yeah. is, but it's down that pit where everything's, like, all orange. And so I was thinking yeah. it was in the fire one. And well, when I looked at as like, okay, yeah, I do remember this. Yeah, so I forgot about that too. I thought it was still like an icy uh, boss arena. Like, I remember what the arena looks like. I just forgot that it was on fire. (laughs) (laughs) Then you did not remember what it looked like, I guess. If you remember, it was was a circle. I remember it was a circle with a bunch of mirrors around it that, like, the uh, enemy soldiers end up coming out of. Are they mirrors or just like portals? uh they're mirror portals portals. they're mirror portals because remember like the looking glass knight has that mirror shield and he has a dude come out of that and it's just it's that again Um, yeah yeah i wonder how it clicks into the dark souls lore anyway i was looking at um the list of bosses because after you'd mentioned that i was like i need to find out what this thing is that i apparently don't remember and um that the one with the multiple dogs and stuff is just like hey this was uh designed to be fought in co-op so summon people for it it's like well great don't make bosses by the way yeah whatever they have four Um, legs same thing (laughs) no not at all (laughs) all four-legged animals are exactly the same you're a cat guy. A cat guy. I'm a dog guy. You should know this. That's true. Isn't there um, another tiger that's just in, uh, invisible unless you have a certain item? Uh, yeah. Also I think in that so. ice one, like you need so, an eye or something. Yeah, I. So I did not fight that boss while it was invisible or whatever. Like, there's a fog gate immediately to your left as soon as you start that DLC. And I just didn't bother to try to go through it because I was like, oh, I remember there's something that like prevents this or you have to go get something else first. Uh, so I just went and did everything else in that DLC before coming back to it. And I was able to fight the boss just fine. So I don't know if it's just that you can't actually penetrate the fog gate until you get an item or if it is that no, the boss no, is you, invisible. You, you can fight him because I did uh, when he's okay. invisible. Oh, that boss is easy because it's just one of the two tigers, but you're yep. fighting it alone and yeah, it has yeah. big clumsy attacks. But like when you have to deal with two of them, 
They also hit like a fucking truck. And they regenerate. Oh god, yeah. Yeah, that happened during the uh the co-op one uh past the snowfield it started to regenerate. So I I summoned two NPC phantoms for that. Uh which in Dark Souls 2 NPC phantoms are useless as far as actually dealing damage to the boss. They're only yep. useful as far as like pulling the aggro. Tanks. Yeah. Yeah. And even then I've had plenty of them die so far in New Game Plus. Like I, I'm trying to do uh Veltstat, the uh the guy with the giant like bell hammer. And my NPC hmm. Phantom keeps dying like halfway through that fight. Remind me what Veldstat is. Uh, he's a big armored guy. You fight him in the crypt right before you find the king stumbling around oh, naked out there. Okay. Yes. Yeah. He's like one of the harder bosses in the base game. Yeah. Because he just but, again he does a ton of damage and his like hitbox is ridiculously wide. I don't remember him being that hard. It, my issue is more on New Game Plus again than it is on yeah. like the, the base run through because I just I do so little damage to him and he gets up in your face so I don't really have a good opportunity to cast hexes. So the, the build I ended up having to go with to sort of fix my shit was using uh, a combination of three different hex spells. They're basically just projectile based, but one of them enchants my weapon. But hexes uh, gain potency the more souls you have on you because they expend souls to cast. So if you continually fail and you end up draining all your souls, you become much weaker. So that build is just based around really not fucking dying and never trading your souls in. And the longer you can go like that, the stronger you become. Anyway, I lost all of my souls uh, before Veldstat, and I ate all of my souls, so I'm fucked. Good job. Not having a good time. Went to bed very late last night, because I kept insisting on beating that guy before turning in. Uh, uh, yeah, I would not go with that build, because I would not have enough faith in myself to not just like roll off a cliff at some no, point. No, faith, like, faith is a different thing. That's for miracles. That's true. Yes, uh, but no that the, the fight against it's it's like George Michael said you got to have faith because you got to at least have that one miracle to return yourself to a bonfire. <laughs> well, no, you get the uh, feather when you get to the dragon place. Oh then you, yeah, then you don't need anything. Then you just got like a pile of bones that you have nothing to do with, and you're not going to take your ass back to trade them into the one guy who will buy them off of you. Because he's in the middle of a level and he gives you nothing for them. We only buy real usable human bones. Do not sell us squirrel bones. I cannot stress this enough. Uh, I like how they put an NPC, Gavlin. He wheels and deals and they finally let you sell your items, but he never relocates to Majula and he gives you practically nothing for your items. So inevitably you just have an inventory full of items. Yeah, and have to go down that weird cave he hangs out in yeah well he's in uh no man's wharf in a very awful location to get back to because the level's a pain in the ass uh, but then he relocates to like the dwarf place and he's easier to get... excuse me he's <coughs> easier to get to in that but uh still man just have him go back to machula come on you would think well wait doesn't he relocate to um the place with the windmill at some point no i don't 
think so. If he does, I never got him to go there, but I don't the... know, I thought he did. Maybe I'm just thinking of the latter salesman though. The dwarf place is like he is a dwarf himself is the thing. So I yeah. think that the dwarf place is the last place that he re- relocates back to. But like, I always went to that like last out of the four paths. Mm-hmm. So we got to get that ring from the cat so you can fall down the well. Oh no. Then I go down the well last. Yeah. Cause I, I always wait to get uh, the, the ladder guy and then go down that instead of risking the plunge down. Oh god, that plays on New Game Plus too. Holy fucking shit. Like you get down there, so at the very bottom of that pit, there's like a bunch of water, which of course makes you move slow, and then you got like three of those guys that they bum rush you and they explode when they get to you and they oh, deal the like a lot of damage. I hate them. Yeah. In New Game Plus, you also have to deal with two red phantoms down there. One of them has like the great sword, and so it just does a ton of damage, and you're encumbered by the water. So you're basically fat rolling everywhere. And then on top of that, you have another that is casting like lightning miracles at you. Aren't there like uh, like mounds of bones down there or something? You there can are kind of a, get up on? there are a couple, but like you're still contending with three mummies rushing at you. Guy with a great sword and dude casting miracles. It's a lot, especially yeah. because like the way you get down there is you have to drop off a platform. So as soon as you drop down, you're you're in it. You've got to deal with shit immediately. Uh, I died so many times to that until I finally decided, you know what? I'm just going to like jump towards the door I need to go through and just run away from everything. Yeah, that worked. Uh, they still followed me, but it was easier to kind of take them on one by one because they would each come down the hallway. Sure. Kite them. Yeah. Do the do the thing in Souls. Whenever you're stuck in Souls, what you do is you remember that enemies have tethering. <laughs> and so mm-hmm. you just test to see where the tethering ends. Oh, right here, this doorway. I'm safe to go through this, and then I can really fuck around. <laughs> well, oh, but yeah. You know, you're still having a great time with Dark Souls 2. It's a really good game. I, I yeah. just, uh, you know... For a platinum run, I really screwed up a whole lot of shit. And it's, I mean, it's kind of funny because I, I talked about this too that Dark Souls 2 is not as broken as one or Demon Souls before it. In Demon Souls, all you really need to do to bust that game open is just to get like the, uh, it's like Soul Storm or something like that. It's just a big AoE spell that uses soul magic. You melt bosses' HP bars like butter. Uh, when I fucked up my platinum run of that game where I was like on new game plus and my build just wasn't cutting it and I was dying to everything. I was able to like rush through that game in like two, three hours tops, just getting the magic build and just casting it in front of all the bosses. Like I didn't really lose that much progress by having a bad build in dark souls two. I'm probably committing to like another 20, 30 hours to get back to where I was. Good times. So at least I mean, can't you just go back to the lady? Yeah, yeah. Two at least lets you respec. So there's no need to go back to the very start of the game. But thank God they allow you to do that because if they don't, I would really be like absolutely boned. Yeah. Uh, Yeah. They 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 give you soul vessels like candy. I think they knew that people would want to respec. Yeah. 
It's a nice feature, though, because it's like, oh, if I'm in New Game Plus, sure. I don't want to keep using the same build that I've just been using for the last, like, 50 hours. Yeah, Dark try Souls 2 different. respects the player's time, unlike Dark Souls 1. Yeah. Which has nothing but contempt for anybody who dares to play it. Boy, it doesn't. I know you're three fours through the game, but what if we let you warp now? <laughs> oh, boy. <laughs> That's what I've been doing. I've been watching a show called Star Trek: The Next Generation too. Uh, well, we don't, I don't care about, about that. that because I finished Star Trek: Deep Space Nine. Oh my god! Fucking finally! It took you a year to watch a season of television. I mean, it was a pretty bad season for the first half. Instead of like the four days that it would have taken me. Well, yeah. yeah. Well, it would take you that long. <laughs> I, I like so. I like how we're on opposite ends of the binge watching spectrum. I go through everything very very quickly, whereas you're absolutely glacial. Not even comparatively, just by like normal TV watching standards. Not true. I I think that's true. I, I watched seven seasons of show in like two years. By the standards that most people watch shows nowadays, <laughs> that's that not is my problem. Like molasses, <laughs> that is Actually, so slow. The thing is, for a long time, I was watching like three or four episodes a week, um, and then, like, I just burned out on it, and also it was not good, and so I was like, eh, I just yeah. had no motivation to continue it. I've only been watching like one episode of TNG a night. I just do that before, but there, but there one was a like night. A, one a night right before wow. bed. I watch an episode of TNG. I know, very reserved uh, for George Brundle, but. With the first season, I would sometimes watch episodes back to back because it was less. Usually when I do that is because an episode of a show ends on a cliffhanger and I'm just like, I got to know what happens next. I don't want to wait until tomorrow to find out what happens next. With TNG, I just wanted to fucking get through it. <laughs> so it was like, yeah. I just need to back to back these things and keep this moving. Well, also remember, though, like when we were going through a Sopranos, like I watched that at a fairly regular clip. Because yeah. it stayed good the whole way through and didn't make me feel like I wanted to die at times from watching it. <laughs> it wasn't just like, oh, sure, let's spend four episodes on the backstory of this new character in the last season of a show. I uh, mean, yeah, to be fair, you did have to get through a lot of Vic Fontaine. Yeah, that too. He's an Terrible. integral part of the show. He's beloved by fans. Everyone likes Vic Fontaine, except Not for me. Larry and I, which is find him me. to be a waste of time. The, the the highest episode, the Ocean's Eleven episode, is like yeah, yeah, one yeah. of the only good Vic Fontaine episodes, and that's an episode that is good in spite of Vic Fontaine. The one uh, where Nog is like wanting to retreat into that hollow suite program yes. after he lost his leg too is pretty good. But yeah, like I think what makes those two episodes work is not Vic Fontaine or necessarily no. the setting of Vic Fontaine's bar. It's the the characters that are the thrust of that episode who are decidedly not Vic Fontaine. Mm -hmm. uh, even like the heist one, it's not even Vic Fontaine's bar anymore. It's like the the program glitches out or something like that, and it turns into a like early Vegas casino. What's the the other guy like? is trying to buy it or he has bought it yeah. or something but the entire place changes so it's yeah. still not even the same setting for for that matter uh 
Anyway, it's nice that the show basically ends inside of Vic Fontaine's bar. <laughs> yeah, it does. Uh, so I like anyway, how, I like how this it's is time for the... me to play Star Trek Online to continue oh, no. the story and see what happened to Captain Sisko inside the Prophet Void. Yeah, he comes back. Whatever, here's, it's fine. All right, well, here's the thing, though. He didn't, and he never will. No. Because otherwise he would have, have because you... they experience time non-linearly. Yeah. Have you seen ordinary human beings try to talk to Avery Brooks? Like, there's no way that they're <laughs> going to be able to get him to come back. Oh, of course, they'd try to. They'd end up in the void with him, and he would just be like, yeah, say it, say it. It's like jazz. And they <laughs> have no idea what he's doing. They get the contract sent back to them, and it's just signed, Glide. <laughs> Glide, baby. Avery, we can't accept this as a contract. It's not legally actionable. <laughs> oh, man. Anyway, Jake doesn't have a dad anymore. <laughs> This whole show that's like it's built on the premise of like ah oh, it's a, a black dad and his son and like usually on TV that at that point in time wasn't a thing that you saw True. all that often if ever and then it just ends with oh this black son does not have his dad well he's going to have like a a part wormhole alien sister or brother I guess at some point brother according to the uh documentary that came out because when they were oh. writing that like um when they were writing their fantasy like reboot soft reboot episode it was a brother character okay and in that cisco was coming back like that was kind of the whole thing as he would show back up oh. um but then they also kill off nog in that which uh that's aged interestingly that idea mm. So, I mean, they wanted to kill O'Brien off, too. How would that even work? Because he's on Earth. He's teaching. Uh, they wanted to, like, put him back on the Divine or something like that. I'm, I'm not totally yeah, sure. that's stupid. But I have been keeping my eyes peeled in TNG trying to find the first instance of O'Brien must suffer. Because I'm curious if that shows up in TNG or if it's, like, Ooh. a Deep Space Nine thing. Yeah. Uh, the closest I've got so far is that a energy-based entity beamed up aboard the Enterprise and just, like, terrorized O'Brien for a while, like, chasing him down a hallway. <laughs> like a Scooby-Doo villain? <laughs> yeah, basically. Like he's just going, shunk, shunk, through all the doors, <laughs> like, in the hallway, back and forth. More or less, there's a really good shot of just Cole Meany staring at nothing and having to look shocked. <laughs> just like running up against a wall and taking a defensive stance. But this is like the, the closest they've got so far to uh, O'Brien's suffering in some way. Um, but okay. I don't know, like I, I mentioned, I'm surprised about how much of a character he has actually been in TNG so far. I thought he was a lot more tertiary than he actually is. Um no, see, so I, I, I was surprised when you said like early on you'd barely see him like he would just kind of show up in one scene and that was it because I yeah. thought he was in it a lot more. No, I'm pretty sure he is in like one scene total for the first season of TNG. Yeah. Or no, no, no. He he shows up a few times in that first episode, but I think that's about it. I, I think that he's kind of gone for the rest of that and comes back in season two. Beverly Crusher is back. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Q 
get Plasky out of here. No one <laughs> likes this old lady. Is that her name? Plasky? Yeah, Dr. Plasky. So, sounds like an NYPD blue character. <laughs> turn in your badge, Plasky. Uh, turn in your badge and your tricorder. Yeah, they, apparently, like, the cast did not particularly care for her actress either. Like, they never kind of clicked together, so. Um, mm. But she's very antagonistic towards Picard. She's always questioning him and kind of doubting his orders and stuff. And so there's kind of a weirdly adversarial relationship between them, despite uh, Gene Ronberry's mandate that characters can't have personal conflicts. So I don't yeah. know how they let that slip for an entire season. Oh, Gene. Oh, Gene. That's our Gene. You, you sex pest alcoholic. <laughs> uh, I like how many, I like how any instance of like Trek being extremely horny can be traced precisely back to a call Gene Roddenberry made. There's a there's a story I think in that documentary that I brought up uh, where they were mentioning like uh, Riza for the first time I think and I was like mm-hmm. this pleasure planet he's just like you gotta show the girls fucking other girls and the guys gotta be fucking other guys <laughs> okay very progressive attitudes from you Jim. gotta you gotta have it on the screen I need to see them like, fucking like how Gene Roddenberry is basically a Dom DeMillo. <laughs> You gotta do all the girls, you know. That's in there. That's just for daddy. Riza is on international waters. (laughs) You can do anything out there. (laughs) Oh, God. Anyway, like, the dude who was being told that by Gene, like, I guess an executive kind of followed him behind and gave him this look, like, don't actually do that. (laughs) Just ignore Gene. Was he alive when Deep Space Nine started? No. Okay. Uh, they were pitching Deep Space Nine to him and trying to get his approval, but I think it was a um, Harper Lee kind of thing where it's like, oh, you're taking advantage of this person who is uh-huh. not entirely here. I see. Uh, and then, like, I guess the thing after the fact, too, that makes that even more slimy to me is people saying, like, Gene would have come around on it. Gene would like Deep Space Nine. No, he fucking would not have. No, it's exactly the opposite of everything he wanted, yeah. which is why it's good. But but the the best part about that too of them trying to say what Gene would would and wouldn't like is they always followed up with he would have hated Voyager. <laughs> <laughs> he would have loved Neelix though. <laughs> he'd be standing. He'd be like George Lucas in front of the Jar Jar thing, just saying like Neelix is the key to all of this. <laughs> You gotta have multiple Neelixes and they gotta be fucking. You gotta be. <laughs> I just asked this because I was imagining Gene like saying, You gotta get the Dabo girls in there. You know, you, you, like I had some ladies in Quark's bar. Oh, sure. Gene would have loved the Dabo girls. Yeah. Like, I think the one note that he probably would have had is they should be wearing togas. Because Gene <laughs> really seems to have a thing about togas. Yeah. Man. Anyway, I'm sorry this podcast turned into another Larry and George talk about Trek thing. Well, get used to it because next week will be our top five Deep Space Nine episodes. Oh, shit. 
we might need to push that back a little bit more because I want to go back and rewatch some of Deep Space Nine. Because now that it's been like a hot I uh, year, <laughs> I need to refresh myself. I might watch like the ones I have selected so I, I, I have them fresh. I have an idea of the ones I, I want to talk about, but I want to go back and rewatch those. So I'm, I know I'm exactly what my top five are. Don't okay. really need to even think about it. Well, Profit and Lace is like in the top three. <laughs> I know that. Oh, uh, absolutely. <laughs> Peaks well, and Valleys, Deep Space Nine. The peaks and valleys are corks tits. Jeans <laughs> uh, one note for the Frankie had to be that all the Frankie women are naked. That had to have been a gene thing. Was that mentioned in TNG? No. Like I, I know it's not actually, but it is the kind of uh pervasoid shit. No, that I know I, that's why I was wondering like if that was something that was in no, TNG. No. Um God, that's the weird thing about the Ferengi though, is there such an on the nose commentary about the worst parts of American like capitalist <laughs> society. Yeah. And yet it still just manages to work. It's well written enough that for as blatant as it is. It's pretty good. Like the thing at the end of the series where Quark thinks he's going to be made Nagus and doesn't want to be Nagus because he's like, no, they're they're taking taxes. They're using it to fund welfare and health care. Yeah. What's wrong with them? <laughs> like, that's pretty good. Yeah. So a couple things about that before we move on from Star Trek. They don't Trek. even teach the rules of acquisition in school anymore. Yeah. <laughs> Critical rules of acquisition theory. Uh-huh. Uh, so he was already Nagus once, and I'm surprised it didn't bring up like, no, I don't want to do that again. Everyone tried to have me murdered. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and then, so the other thing too is I went back and kind of read about that because there's a few cases with like Trek stuff where whatever they say in the episode is as much as they have to say about it and they don't come back to it in the show. But then I wonder like, oh, do they like ever catch up with this in a book or something uh and i think i might be wrong i might be misattributing this because it's been a bit but uh era stephen bear uh the guy the showrunner said that basically ferenginar yeah ferenginar would now be like a raging socialist society at this point like they would have fully leaned into socialism and just embraced that under rom's rule I like that a whole lot. Yeah. That's <laughs> great. Yeah, Rom's, like, like he says something about, like, I don't like the way this is heading, but you're the one to lead it. I mean, um, Rom was uh, quoting Marx. That's right. Man, so he, he led the revolution, the workers' revolution in Quark's Bar. I still like how many times I see people just like post the video of him uh, quoting Marx instead of just actually quoting Marx. Mm-hmm. Uh, everyone's got such a baby brain that like the only way we can communicate marks to people is by showing a space alien with big ears but but it's way funnier that way it, it is i'm not saying it's a bad thing although speaking of dumb uh baby brain shit i got a confession to make i got, I got another, another confession, confession to make why do you do it <laughs> i was very careful what, are you going to get the best the best the best of me <laughs> So I think the, the the two things that I find to be the most infantilized things an adult can do, and Larry, let me tell you, I buy action figures. I know a thing or two about infantilism, and I should not <laughs> be turning my nose up at anybody, but I'm going to. 
uh, is those fucking freaks who buy adult coloring books. Okay. I can't stand seeing an adult hunched over a coloring book with a pack of fucking crayons. Pay your bills. What are you doing? You know what I hate? When people say crayons instead of crayon. Well, look, I'm from freak states like Oregon, so. <laughs> they do that in Oregon? Uh, maybe. I don't know. It's been a while. Okay. Uh, the other thing is people building Legos. <laughs> oh, no. I I can't. The, the 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 sight of an adult putting a Lego kit together is degenerate to me. Like so, it okay. turns my stomach. It makes oh god, I hate it. I so hate con- it. So the confession is, you ordered the Seinfeld Lego set. I am now eighty five dollars <laughs> poor. <laughs> me the richness of my spirit has also been devalued. The thing is, I agree. I don't really like Legos in general. Don't care about them. But yes, I had to have the Seinfeld one. I like Seinfeld a whole lot, so my my love of Seinfeld won out over my hatred of Legos. Yeah. Uh, also because it just seems like comparatively much cheaper. Like eighty five bucks is still a lot of money, but it is. But it's a, it's a pretty good size set, really. That's what I'm getting at. Is I've seen Lego sets that are roughly that size, and they are way more expensive than that. Yeah, or it'll be like twenty dollars for this crappy tiny car or something. And yeah. So, uh, okay. I think they've kind of kept up with inflation, though. I was talking to Danny about this and how he, like, was obsessed as a child with this one X-Wing Lego kit. And it was, like, $39 when he was a kid. And he's like, yeah, by the time I uh, got out of high school and I finally had money that I could spend myself and I wanted to go back and buy it, it was, like, $80. And that sounds kind of right. That sounds like those have actually kept up with inflation. I think Legos were just always expensive. Yeah, they were. Um, I would not know. I do not track the Lego market. We know what market I track, and that's some other sicko shit. But we won't get into that. Uh, yeah, you gotta watch a fifty-minute video on it. Yeah, I'll talk about that next week. Uh, but the Lego page also has a bunch of pictures of this dude with like gray hair. Just wearing like a cardigan and putting together the Seinfeld Lego <laughs> kit and holding it like affectionately and looking at it from different angles. And so it still had the shit that I hate of seeing adults putting together Legos. I felt so embarrassed for him. Well, now you can be embarrassed for yourself. Finally, it only cost me $85. <laughs> uh-huh. A small price to pay. <laughs> Oh, God. Imagine bringing somebody over to my place and they just see the Lego Seinfeld kit and they turn to leave and then they see my Statler Waldorf toys that are, like, <laughs> glued to the ceiling. No, wait, come back. I put them up there, so it's like they're laughing at me. <laughs> perfectly normal, perfectly healthy. <laughs> uh, I'm in the fetal position on my couch every night, just hearing them laughing in my head. Imagining a picture that's just like the Waldorf and Statler glued to the ceiling and it's like, men will live in an apartment like this and see no issue with it. <laughs> uh, guys literally buy Statler and Waldorf toys instead of going to therapy. <laughs> yep. Uh, 
anyway, I just wanted to update you on this because I have uh, right. in in private been flipping and flopping on whether or not to buy that Seinfeld yeah, set. You're making I've, flippy floppy. Yeah, I well, try to do your best. Uh, but yeah, I I finally caved. It's got a little a timeless artist seduction picture in it. Yep, it does. Yeah, there's a lot of like little references in there. Okay, so actually, the the tipping point for me is that the door to Kramer's apartment also opens up, and I have a little red LED light that I used for like a Gundam model kit still, so I can make it look like the Kenny Rogers Roasters uh, red light is beaming through there. That's very good. And I was like, oh, I think now I actually have to buy this. If I saw that, I w- it would just make me think of the David Lynch Rabbit series, though. <laughs> they should make a Lego set about David Lynch's rabbits. Yeah, there's should. my there's my Lego ideas set that I'm going to submit to them. It's kind of the insane. There's no those. there's no like Lego Twin Peaks thing really. <laughs> there should be David Lynch doing like the cell phone video, but it's about Mega Blocks. <laughs> <laughs> Y'all think you've constructed a set, but you will never in a trillion years have constructed a building block set if you're using mega blocks uh how about a lego set of um hateful eight oh that would be good yeah just the cabin yeah just the cabin from hateful eight get a sticker with like a bunch of blood yeah so you you'd put have, it near the hatch you'd have i was gonna say you'd have to have the hatch and like the little part underneath it though yeah which that would be kind of difficult because then you'd have to have other things to like sort of have it raised up so you can have Channing Tatum down there. Yeah, see, the this is... and sack shooter. <laughs> this is the thing, though, is after I bought this set, I started thinking about like, okay, what other like hypothetical Lego sets would I end up caving on? And I was thinking like, oh, if they had a set of the Enterprise D bridge, I think I would pretty mm. much have to do that. And then I found out Megablocks has the Star Trek license, so that will never happen. So I'm safe. Megablocks has a lot of weird stuff. Like, they have Terminator, I think. Yeah. Retro Corner? Retro Corner. All right, we're going to... This is uh, part one in the three-part series, Larry. So strap yourself in, because we got to talk about Final Fantasy VI and VII. Do you want to talk about Kingdom Hearts 2 instead? Because it's fucking one of these, bud. Final Fantasy 6 is good. It is. It's a nice little fun RPG for the Super Nintendo. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah. Get a whole lot of characters in that game, and you also punch a train. Yep. Suplex a train. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Oh, the ghost train fight is real good. You also fight that squid guy that keeps showing up. We also have the world get destroyed like halfway through it. That's cool. Yeah. I mean, the unfortunate thing about Final Fantasy VI uh, is like all that game has been spoiled for me over the years. But like if I try to put myself back like child me playing that game, the amount of twists and turns in that thing, I think would have blown my fucking mind open. Yeah. Like the world getting blown up, like that whole opera scene is kind of crazy. Remember, like, that's where you get your airship, the little gambling guy's in there. He's like, I like to fuck ladies. I got a dare ship. You guys want to hang out with me for a while? Mm-hmm. You get the little feral boy, too. Yeah, yeah, he's like Nog. 
<laughs> Doesn't he like live on the ship? <laughs> yeah, like he he kind of like disappears for a while though. Like this is um, that was I... when he went to Starfleet Academy. <laughs> Uh, this is the game with Kafka in it. Uh, right. The Joker oh, himself. Yeah. He turns into a clown god, and then you gotta fight a clown in the sky. That's Final Fantasy VI, everybody. Anyway, no one gives a shit about this game. Everyone loves to talk about Final Fantasy Goddamn Seven. Mm. Ah. <laughs> no, Final Fantasy VI is a great game. It, it tells a very interesting multi-layered story there are so many characters involved with it but they really go out of their way to give everybody their time uh this wasn't the first one to use too yeah i just got done saying that it's got a ton of characters well i mean like playable characters yeah yeah yeah. Yeah. um i think some are missable probably scott there's like 12 different fuckers in there there's a lot of them can uh, you, all right, can you name all of them? Let me let me try. Oh no. Their actual names? No. I can yeah. tell you what each character is. Alright, well I know Tara. Sure. Locke. Yeah, John Locke. <laughs> John Locke. Yeah, from Lost. Yeah. That's right. Uh well, the, oh, you've the already feral, stumped? The feral kid. Yeah. Oh Ma- there was the Moogle, Mog. Yeah, that's right. Who I don't remember what the Who is Mog's uh, friend? Who is Mog's best friend? The You can the do Bigfoot, this. right? Yes, the Yeti. I'll give okay. it to you. Alright. Yeah. You're missing a very important one. The, the well, who, best character in the, the game. the horny guy? I don't they're remember all, his name. They're all horny guys. <laughs> Gene Roddenberry. <laughs> Magus? Magus was in it. Yes. How are you not mentioning the Polnareff character, the guy who just looks like Polnareff? He's the uh, I think his name is Sabin. He's the guy who suplexes the train. Oh, oh, oh. Okay. Yeah. I was thinking that was Locke for some reason. No, Locke is a thief. He can't. He can't even suplex a little boy oh, with his okay, pink little yes. spindly you know, Locke, arms. Locke has the bandana. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I was imagining him as Sabin. Okay. Um yeah. But Sabin has a seltzer. Mm-hmm. That was a guy in yes. it. I Saban's that... got a Saban's got a brother. He's like a, a king of some like desert palace that can like go underneath the sand. That's the guy I was talking about, the horny yeah. one. I don't remember his name. <laughs> oh, that was the guy. Yeah. <laughs> it doesn't matter. No, we, we already we already mentioned the gambler, Kenny Rogers. That's uh, <laughs> yeah, he's the... got <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> There's um, the little girl who can paint things and you can never use her in the game because her abilities have the chance to soft walk you. Oh, that's cool. Yeah, so don't fucking put her in your party, goddamn ever, even though I think she's great. This is a little girl who paints pictures and then the pictures come alive. It's like that girl in uh, Kirby 64. Sure. Yeah. It's like playing uh, then- drawn to life. 
Oh, well, I don't know about the that. PS2 game. Never mind. I definitely want to leave her out of my party. Uh, the, the, she ends up painting Saturn sucks on this canvas and it breaks the game. Uh, it's drawn to death is the game you're thinking of. Oh, the right. David Jaffe game. Drawn to yeah. life was a PS2 game where you could draw monsters and it would like form them from your oh. scribblings, which is it was pretty cool. Okay. Uh, she, there's an old man who's like her uh, surrogate father. Uh, and he's like the blue mage of the game. I can't remember his name either. I don't remember anybody's name. Uh, <clears throat> there's like a... The blue... Okay. What? I was going to say a blue mage was Magus, right? No. the, the blue... Well, maybe that's the same character. Maybe that's his name and I'm just not remembering <laughs> it. Because again, I, I, I remember I remember like Saban, Seltzer, Terra, and Locke. And then I kind of forget everybody else's name in that game. Because there's too All damn right. many of them. Yeah, yeah. Oh, I remember Mog too, of course. Who could forget Mog? <laughs> <laughs> um, there's, there's like one other one. He's kind of like a shadowy kind of character. He sacrifices himself at the end of the game, and then you have like a samurai guy who, like, his family got killed by Kefka, and he's a little bit of a lush. Uh, and he, he's got some neat stuff. He's got like different samurai arts. Like, basically everybody in this game fulfills one of, like, the archetypical uh, Final Fantasy jobs. And this is the point where they really started to blow up the amount of jobs that the game had. Uh, but everyone is kind of squarely fit into, like, a neatly defined role. Uh, but it also does the Final Fantasy thing of, like, oh, sometimes characters end up leaving your party, so you don't always have free choice over your party build. Uh, at least until, like, the late game where you do. Because uh, kind of the second half of the game, after the world gets blowed up, you have to go around and kind of like get the band back together. Because like at that point, everyone's just kind of defeated by everything. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's a, a fun little game. I like Kefka a lot. He's got that laugh, Larry. Uh-huh. Yeah, Kefka's cool. Yeah. He's just a nihilist clown. <laughs> he might be the greatest Final Fantasy villain. <laughs> Do I look like a kind of guy who has a plan? Oh, no. <laughs> Kefka, he, you know, he's like a dog chasing a car. He wouldn't know what to do with yeah. it if he caught it. Yeah. <laughs> oh, one little old ancient dies and everyone loses her mind. <laughs> uh, Dark Knight, mm-hmm. everybody. I make those Final Fantasy cards disappear, and then he smashes my face into it. Remember when the jokester was cool? Mm, yeah, in 2008. Yep. Remember when Batman fought for its surveillance state? <laughs> sure. <laughs> yeah, that is a very Batman thing to do. It is. I know everyone likes to give that shit movie, or that shit movie, that movie shit retroactively. <laughs> Uh, for being like some sort of weird tacit support for a surveillance state, like the war in Iraq or something. Yeah. It's just like, I don't know. know what, yeah, I don't know what your read of Batman is, but he is like that guy. Oh, yeah. Like yeah. he is accurately portrayed in that movie. He absolutely will stalk an ex girlfriend using cameras that he has set up throughout the city. Mm hmm. Batman's a fucking freak. He's not healthy. No, he dresses up as a bat. Batman appears in one of those you're not supposed to idolize them <laughs> pictures. Yeah, like Tyler Durden, Batman, 
Travis Bickle. <laughs> oh, the Joker's also in there. Who the fuck am I supposed to root for? Exactly. Well, uh, that's not, the thing about the not Gordon a cab. That, uh, that's the thing about uh, the Dark Knight, though, is you could make one of those images, and literally every character would be in it. <laughs> like there's no one you were supposed to root for or relate to in the Dark Knight. I guess Rachel, Harvey but she Dent. gets exploded. Maybe <sighs> don't anyway. have the right idea. Yeah, shoot some cops. Yeah, <laughs> blow up Rachel. <laughs> Maybe he did it because he didn't recognize her anymore. Like he thought he was going crazy because her face changed and nobody mentioned it. Oh god! It's like he I can't be the only up. one, right? He didn't blow her up. The Joker blew her up. No, he did. Because no. the whole thing was you have a choice between the two places, right? Which oh, you're one saying you Batman. Yeah, but he but he tricks Batman, remember? The thing is he flips the addresses around, so Batman, he goes for Rachel, but he saves Harvey Dent. And because Batman was faster, because he's got a cool motorcycle uh, that you could buy as a toy, <laughs> was able to reach Harvey Dent. So if he actually went to Rachel, he would have been able to save Rachel, and Harvey would have died. I forgot was the Joker that did that. I thought it was Harvey Dent that like made him choose like two rooms and then he picked the wrong one. I thought it was cool when uh, Batman put that chair against the door and savagely beat a prisoner judiciously. <laughs> that was pretty good. I should watch Dark Knight. I've not seen it in a very long time. You know, it's still a good movie. I'm it's, sure it is. I think I've said it before. Batman Begins is the better, like, actual Batman story, but, yeah. like, Heath Ledger carries the weight of Dark Knight on his back. I've actually seen Begins like, way more recently. I yeah. rewatched that, like, a couple of years ago, but I have not seen Dark Knight yeah. in no. probably, like, eight years. Begins is real good. Sure is a shame about Dark Knight Rises. Uh, and Killian Fucking Murphy woof. in Batman Begins also fantastic i mean i'm yeah. a fan of killian murphy in anything really but yeah. uh great oh, he's such a he's such a creep anyway final fantasy 6 uh i think it is a pretty solid final fantasy game i hesitate to say that it is my in fact no i don't hesitate it is not my favorite of the number of final fantasy games nine is my favorite of the, of the actual number of final fantasies okay uh, understandable but, easily the best of the pre-3d games i don't think that is a controversial opinion at all i i think people who have played uh, the 2d games would pretty readily agree that it's six that is the the strongest entry i think Five there's a strong good. there's a strong contingent for four Kane, mm. baby Kane, oh, the okay. legacy of Kane. i'm thinking four is five and five is four then so yes I, I I see your point then. Anyway, after a long partnership with Nintendo, who consistently fucked over its third party developers, uh, Square decided, you know, Impossible. what? The Sony PlayStation thing, I don't know. They're using CDs, and like, I don't think RPGs that are 3D are going to fit too good on a cart. Uh, which is the correct thing to think, because the N64 ain't had no goddamn RPGs. There's Quest 64, but... Don't don't talk this way about Hybrid Heaven. Oh, apologies to Hybrid Heaven. I forgot it existed. <laughs> Everybody did. <laughs> no, Final Fantasy VII, um, so this was the first Final Fantasy game that I actually played. 
I didn't, again, have an SNES growing up, and I actually didn't know anybody who had any of the, like, original Final Fantasies. Uh, but also, like, at this point in time, there was only three of them that ever came out here. Uh, the first one, which was Busted. The second one, which nobody likes. And then Final Fantasy three, which is actually six, and, and people enjoyed that one quite a bit. This happened well, to know anyone who had it. The Final Fantasy two was four. Oh, right forgot about that i thought that, yeah. that just didn't come out here nope i thought the thing was they put the original two out here and it did not go over well and so they stopped doing them until six no okay. i think the first one maybe did not do well or something so they were like we're not gonna release all of these we'll just do the good ones yeah i mean god two's got that whole thing where it's just like the more that you use a skill the higher the level goes Except then that yes. means you have skills that you have to use on your own party members a whole bunch. So like the gameplay loop then becomes get into a fight that you can easily sort of stalemate the enemy with and just constantly beat up your own party members. Uh-huh. Uh, terrible. It's um, like the Elder Scrolls. Yeah. I, I was going to say Elder Scrolls is a better game, but actually I don't know. Oh, <laughs> um, uh, yeah, it is. Oblivion? Oblivion's good. Morrowind's good. No. After that, I mean, after Skyrim, that is. Uh, uh, yeah. <laughs> Scrim is my main point of reference, so. I don't. What are you talking about? You played Oblivion? No, I watched somebody play. Oblivion, oh, yeah. Remember? They bogarted <laughs> sure. my Xbox 360 to play Oblivion. Uh, Oblivion's good. Yeah, probably Red Rain because they played too damn much Oblivion on it. Then the CPU was just like, ah, oh, I give up. Um,. Seven, I, I so I didn't even play it when it came out exactly. I played a demo of it on a PlayStation One demo disc. Same. And that was like my first. I was captivated, captivated by that thing. It was the bombing mission, which I still think, despite all my misgivings about Final Fantasy Seven, is one of the best ways to start your JRPG. Yeah. Just go in this place and set a bomb and get attacked by a scorpion robot. Yeah, but you also got, like, the music is really good, the transition from FMV into gameplay, obviously not at all seamless, but, like, at the time, doing something like that, where you had this very cinematic intro that rolled right into gameplay. Yeah, they hadn't figured it out yet, uh, because Lauren Landing hadn't done it yet. <laughs> that's that's right. It got much better even on the same console, but, <laughs> yeah. like, at the point in time that came out, that was absolutely insane, seeing sure. stuff like that. Uh, seeing the sort of sense of scope and atmosphere that that game had was just kind of mind-blowing at the time. So I get why, like, Final Fantasy VII has all this reverence surrounding it. I understand. It was a lot of people's first JRPG. It was doing a lot of crazy stuff at the time. It probably was a lot of people's first, like, actual 3D AAA video game. Uh, doesn't hold up, Larry. Not very good, this video game. Thing is, so when I played it also, I was a kid and played that on the demo disc. And the thing is, to me, nothing about it was impressive because I like didn't understand what it was doing, is the thing. Yeah. So it would just be like, okay, I watched a video, now here are these crappy sprites with hoof hands. I hate the way this looks. And so I just, I never liked it. I I also still hate the way it looks. I, I don't know how much of that was a technical limitation or them trying to emulate the sort of like overhead sprite style of the I games think, that came before it in I 3D. I think that's what they were trying to do. Yeah. It just looks bad. It does not translate to 3D well. 
beige. Not have done that. And and to their credit, they fix it immediately with Final Fantasy VIII, which I think is a yeah. terrible game to play, but it looks damn good. And nine, they do like kind of that same style, except it looks yeah. much better. Nine, yeah. So eight's whole style they're trying to go more for realism in that thing. I mean, obviously there's big crazy fantasy sets and everything, but like characters are realistically proportioned. They look closer to a regular human being than anything you've probably seen in a final fantasy up to that point. Like, obviously it's not all the way there in realism, but that's kind of the vibe that they were going for. And then like nine actually has its own fairly unique art style. Yeah. Nine's got a lot of character, packed into the way that game looks it's nine it's style pieces are that you can't even understand what they're supposed to look like when you look at them yeah what is this lady thing with the tongue supposed to be yeah what is this is this a rat is it a bird I... what's this like sentient pile of dreadlocks what is this <laughs> just imagining you trying to figure this out and like a model viewer you're spinning it around it's like that call of duty thing where it just zooms in and you like open the mouth up <laughs> move the dog's mouth that's right like this guy he looks like a red tangela from pokemon is yeah. on his head but the final fantasy 7 characters are all extremely readable you have big yeah. tit fighter uh-huh i was gonna say like part of the appeal of tifa is that she does not look like a regular human <laughs> that's right <laughs> Every FMV that she appears in, uh-huh. those titties got a mind of their own. <laughs> <laughs> All over the place. Gene Roddenberry playing Final <laughs> Fantasy <VII. laughs> All the warning signs were there. <laughs> Put that girl in that toga. Um... So Final Fantasy is a snowboarding segment. <laughs> God, right the fucking snowboarding. Kids love snowboarding these days. We'll get to it. Look, okay, this segment right might run long because I really wanted to get into Final Fantasy Seven with you. So for for context, again, this is my first Final Fantasy game that I played. First real JRPG that I kind of dug out into outside of like Pokemon, uh, which barely qualifies as a video game, of course. Uh, and I caught myself wanting to get into that RCS shit and stopped myself immediately and I just want you to know and be proud of me for that because we would have been on another 15 minute tangent but I have told the story before I traded virtual on Orantario Tengrim uh, for a copy of Final Fantasy 7 which is the worst deal I have made in my entire life bad deal very bad deal uh, I Howie Mandel presented that to me I would say no deal and slam that glass box shut Uh, I will take the virtual on case Howie thank you (laughs) (laughs) it's like it's they're all Dreamcast games and the cases and you end up with the last case and the lady opens it it's Floygan Brothers episode one (laughs) and you're like oh no (laughs) oh I miss everyone in the audience laughs at you and then your pants fall down (laughs) you're like abe simpson (laughs) that's right Uh, but like at the time i really enjoyed final fantasy 7 like it left a huge impression on me i became one of those final fantasy freaks for a good long time and then upon like subsequent revisitings of the game like the age started to show on it 
I was just progressively less and less interested in it and, and less into, into it, uh, both mechanically, because the game is janky as hell, uh, but also the plot makes no damn sense. And I think most of that is a byproduct of it having probably one of the worst translations, like the worst AAA translations I've seen in my entire goddamn life. Eh, it's normal for the time. It was normal for the time, but like Final Fantasy VI had a better translation than this. I don't know what happened. I don't know. I wonder if maybe the uh, the sixth one was done by Nintendo or something, uh, and, and then maybe. seven was Square. That was all SquareSoft, baby. But there's just like a ton of typos in it. Just characters saying things that don't make any sense at all. And so, like, the plot becomes a little hard to follow at times just because it is lacking clarity in the dialogue. So I remember, like, as a kid, or not a kid, I guess I was a teen by this point, uh, trying to figure stuff out with that game. And so it had this, like, air of mystique around it that had no business actually being there. Like, the original script is a lot more clear. Uh, But you also get Barrett swearing all the time. Uh That's all right. Yeah, that's cool. I yeah. always like Barrett. Like the rest of that game, I did not like. I like Barrett. Barrett's great. He's got a gun arm. He shoots the exactly. gun arm anytime he gets angry. He just starts dumping bullets into the <laughs> yeah, ceiling. Who knows what happens on the disc up there? Doesn't matter. <laughs> like a giant pizza. Think of all the harm Barrett has done by his like bullets dropping off over time and like hitting people in the head. Yeah. God, the monster. Uh, this. So your familiarity with the game, because I've, I've gone into mine, correct me if I'm wrong, you never got super far into no. it. No. Where did you leave off? I, th- I think like beginning of second disc. Oh boy. So I kind of wanted to just spoil some of the places Final Fantasy VII goes, because A, I don't think you care. <laughs> well, I, I think you don't care about spoilers with this game for one nope uh, for two quite possible the final fantasy remake just veers off in a different direction given the way that game ends uh and i don't want to get too much into spoilers about final fantasy 7 remake because you've not finished it and also because nope. it's still kind of new enough uh but suffice it to say i think the way that it handles it being a remake gets interesting by the end uh, interesting does not necessarily mean that it's good what they end up doing with it because I think that's debatable. But they're doing something with it. They're cognizant that it is a remake and that they can't just tell the same story again, or rather yeah, they don't. Good. Or rather they don't want to. Yeah. Like, what's the point of churning this out like three more times and it's just the exact same shit when they could do something? I don't know. Very. Tetsuya Nomura e with it is directed by the Kingdom Hearts guy Larry. It goes places. Hey, I've got a packet here of a uh, grated Romano cheese from Olive Garden. Do you want it? Yeah. Okay. I'll send Can you it just to you. all right? Yeah, put that in an envelope. Do you got any like croutons? Uh. I if have you got some, croutons, uh, I can I mail you over. from McDonald's. Okay, those would be pretty good. Uh, do you want me to mail you a padded envelope so you can put it in there? Yeah, self-addressed, okay. stamped, padded yeah. envelope. I'm going to copyright these uh, 
this Parmesan cheese packet by mailing it to myself <laughs> and never opening it. It's a good idea. Yeah. Want any breakfast salsa from Taco Bell with that? Now Olive Garden will have to pay me money anytime they use Parmesan packets. So, what, what do you know about where Final Fantasy VII goes outside of at some point Cloud gets on a fucking snowboard? Uh, Red 13 and Eris. Oh, uh, no. There's some weird stuff with that. Oh, there, yeah, there's some very weird stuff with that. Hojo tries to get that dog to fuck that lady. Yeah. For science. <laughs> <laughs> Hojo, by the way, in the remake is... Hojo. He's such a Hojo perfect, weird-looking creep in that game. They did, they did him right. But I still really want them to do the uh, Casa del Sol thing. So th this is a location you go to in the game. It's basically just like a little resort town. And for some reason, Hojo is out there sunbathing in his fucking lab coat. They didn't change his character model at all. He's just in his work clothes laying out on the beach catching some rays. Like he's oh, wow. Polly Walnuts or something. <laughs> <laughs> And everyone could just walk up and, like, have dialogue with him, but they don't, like, do anything about the fact that this guy just tried to, like, make bestiality happen. It's just like, oh, Hojo's here. <laughs> He's on vacation. We should leave him alone. Let him enjoy himself. It reminds me a lot of Captain's Holiday, which is an episode of Star Trek The Next Generation. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, but you also like part of the way you get there is you go on this uh, Shinra boat, but you have to disguise yourselves as like Shinra soldiers so nobody like catches you. But this also means Red Thirteen is dressed up as a Shinra soldier and standing on like his hind legs. And he's like wobbling around because he like can't fucking walk right. <laughs> it's great. There's a little fun stuff like that in the game, uh, but most this, of it's just a drag to play. This reminds me of the episode Apocalypse Rising of Deep Space Nine, <laughs> where they have to disguise themselves as Klingons <laughs> because they think Galron is a shapeshifter. Yeah, but it turns out it's Martok. I mean, I don't need to tell you that. No, of course not. No. But yeah, Final Fantasy VII eventually goes into like some weird cloning shit, like uh, Cloud's been genetically altered to sort of be a clone of Sephiroth, and like he takes the black materia that summons Meteor and like gives it up to the bad guy, and then he gets uh, brain damage for half the game, uh, which also happened to me halfway through the game. <laughs> <laughs> so there's just a lot of like Cloud sitting in a wheelchair with his mouth open, just rolling his head around like an like an idiot, and like Tifa's just like oh, I gotta take care of Cloud now. I gotta put a cap up Cloud's penis every night, and like because Cloud is gone from the plot, you have to spend like a significant portion of the game with Sid as the main character. And it's the best part of Final Fantasy VII. Yeah. Everyone loves Sid. He's the crotchety old man who beats his wife and also is 30 years old. <laughs> yes, a very spry young man. <laughs> Every time you see this fucker's character design, it's just like, oh, this dude's like 55 or something like that. Nope. <laughs> I'm older not. than Sid now. Oh, no. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> 
and I don't even have a scientist wife I can yell at for all of my failures. I just have a Seinfeld Lego set. Everything's coming up, George. But yeah, I, I wonder kind of what they'll do with a lot of the wackier aspects of Final Fantasy VII in the remake, if that's some of the stuff that they end up jettisoning, uh, or if they keep things like Hojo on the beach and Red 13 in human clothes. And I hope they keep that stuff because I think the things that I fondly remember from Final Fantasy VII the most is just all the weird crap and not the moments in the story where they try to be genuine or touching in some way. Uh, also, by this point, like, Eris' death was completely spoiled for me. Zero impact. Don't care. Dump her in the water and move on. I don't think I even knew about it at the time, and I also did not care. It's just yeah. like, all right. It isn't, there's, like, a major character death in six, I want to say. Like, it's not even necessarily a new thing for Final Fantasy. Yeah. So, you know... It, I guess, like, they do a good job with sort of, like, you, you feel the loss in that you don't have her in your party anymore. And, like, I think one of the things to Final Fantasy VII's credit is you always have complete control over your party build. So you pick who you want. So if you don't have Eris anymore and you spent all this time leveling her up, uh, that's a bummer. Because <laughs> she's gone now for the rest of the game. You can't yeah. bring her back. Uh but then, like, Final Fantasy VII II, it, it has the whole materia system. So, like, jobs don't matter anymore. You can build any character however you want to build Just them. like in real life, jobs don't matter. That's right. Uh, just like the Yakuza, like a dragon, you could be whatever you want at pretty much any point in time. <laughs> Welcome to Yakuza Like a Dragon, where the points are made up and the jobs don't matter. <laughs> I always liked the materia system. I think that was, like, my favorite part about Final Fantasy VII. Is, is being able to make anybody exactly the tailor-made to how I wanted them to be. If I wanted Cloud to be a healer the entire game, that option was available to me. Uh, what this also did, though, was make me go down... The, so I never beat the game 100%, but I did it the last time that I played it, which meant that I had to like max out a bunch of materia and grind in the final dungeon so I could go fight all the weapons. And those things are assholes. <laughs> like... As a kid going in and, and running into those guys in the wild, like when you get the submarine and you hit Emerald Weapon and you get into a fight and you game over and you realize you've lost like three hours of progress because you haven't saved, like it starts to build this mystery around that boss and like this urge to go back and beat it. And I never did that until recently. Uh, but when you finally get the ability to do that, it's through like the Knights of the Round materia that does like a 10 minute long cutscene. And it just, you have to just mash that out like 10 times so you still don't feel like you've done anything. Are you eating Parmesan cheese, Larry? What are you doing? Just a little bit. <laughs> don't! That goes on food. It's pretty good by itself, though. <laughs> Giving Larry the gabagool material. To pair it with the all material. That's oh, that's good. Of a Parmesan packet. That's a good fully work. Larry, when are you going to beat the Final Fantasy VII remake? I don't know. Are you still in Walmart? No, I got well um, in the sewer part after that, which, <laughs> uh, as I mentioned, was cool. That immediately I get into a boss fight, and I don't remember how to play that game. 
that's the cool fucked up thing about the Final Fantasy VII Remake. Anything that took five minutes in the original video game is now blown out to be like two hours long. Like that whole sewer segment in the original Final Fantasy VII is like two screens. That's it. Like that boss is still down there, but he's a pushover. And then like I remember in the remake, like that area is big. A boss is also annoying because he like does that pounce. And as far as I can tell, there's no way to avoid it. I think there's a way, but I also remember it being like pretty rough. It took a few tries to kill it. And then after that, I was like, eh, I'll come back to this later. You go to the train graveyard after that, and it's probably my least favorite part of that game. Uh, anytime you're fighting ghosts in a RPG, there usually has like there there's some bullshit with being able to actually do damage to them. So you have that to look forward to. Gotta apply curse to yourself with the the little hand item, transient uh, curse. Yeah, there you go. It's just like Dark Souls. Everything's like Dark Souls now. Pokemon's like Dark Souls. <laughs> yeah, because you can die in it. <laughs> That's right. You can lose progress, so it's exactly like a Dark Souls game. Eating this Parmesan was maybe not a great idea. No, Larry, what are you doing? <laughs> you put it in my head, and I thought, eh, maybe I should do it, it'll be funny. Oh, I think I it's funny. have some of this hotcake syrup. Oh, God, I'll no, don't chase the Parmesan. With... No, Larry, don't. I don't approve of any of this. Oh gosh, you're actually doing it, aren't you? Not bad. <laughs> actually. Drinking I mean, maple syrup and thinking about Sephiroth flying at me down a hallway. <laughs> I mean, like, the taste of the Parmesan like was gone so fast that it's just like, yeah, it's a syrup. Well, I can tell you give a whole lot about a whole lot of shit about talking about Final Fantasy VII. So I'm just going to rate the fucking video game. It's been an hour and a half, so yes. Yeah. Larry, finish the Final Fantasy VII remake. God damn it. Yeah. This is your new DS9, where it's taking you a lifetime to get through it. Like how this is right after you said it's still fairly new. I mean, God, I remember playing it when the pandemic started, and I think that's just always going to be like the space that occupies my mind is like, oh, I got Final Fantasy VII right about when everything went down. It was like the month before, yeah. yeah. It was like February, I think. Yeah. But hey, the PS5 version's out now, and it fixed the door. <gasps> the door looks okay now. Finally, the game is playable. Yeah. <laughs> they added the uh, Yuffie DLC. Mm-hmm. Which that's the whole thing. In, that's the whole thing in the original uh, Final Fantasy VII is she was an optional character along with Vincent. Like you could totally miss them, and they have absolutely no plot relevancy. So it does like my favorite thing that happens with right, optional you're characters. About this, I'm gonna have another shot of syrup. Okay, it does my favorite thing with optional characters, which is in cutscenes that are completely story relevant. They kind of stand around in the background and have zero input on anything that is happening. You interact with them a lot in their own unique side quests, but like when Sephiroth's actually doing something, it's like, I don't know, Yuffie's just, uh, she's there in the background. You know, I've got a packet of Domino's Parmesan here. What if I like A-B it with the Olive Garden to compare? Yeah, do it. Alright. The rating for these games is going to be based on uh, which Parmesan packet is better, by the way. It's a good idea. Yeah.
Domino's is stronger. I do like a sharp Parmesan, so. Mm -hmm. That's the thing. I think it would kind of be based on your own preference. Mm. I feel like I would probably want the duller Parmesan of Olive Garden. I I would be better for pizza, which I I guess would be the idea. Yeah, I like a good sharp Parmesan. I want to be able to really taste it. So I would say I would say Final Fantasy VI is the Domino's Parmesan packet of video games. I've got a lens cleaning cloth here. Do you think I should pull that out and lick it? <laughs> Anything to stop talking about Final Fantasy VII, please. Oh, just you wait until we talk about Kingdom Hearts two, buddy. Because oh, I played boy. that, we got to talk about it. At least that's insane in a way that's it's sure painting. Kingdom Hearts 2 is more going to be you and me having not played the game for a while and trying to piece together the mystery that is Kingdom yeah. Hearts 2. That, that's the thing when uh, 3 came out, like I played all of them. So I had a fairly good grasp of the lore at that point. Now yeah. Is all left my brain. I watched all of like uh, 328 over 2 times 35 oh, days or whatever it was. It, like I, I went through all the required material. So, like, two made perfect sense. Uh, it's been, like, a year since I played that. Don't remember any of it. I remember Goofy almost dying because he got hit in the head by a rock. <laughs> sure. I remember That's that. That's classic. That's, like, the yeah. best thing in the game. And then my my fi- my second favorite moment in that game is immediately after that where you get a guy walking down a spiral staircase in one static shot for, like, five minutes. Uh-huh. And that was added. That wasn't in the original version. Yeah, they, they felt that the game was made better. By the inclusion of the stairway scene. They really needed this. Yeah. Anyway, next week, that's what I think we'll do, is uh, Larry and I try to walk through the entire plot of Kingdom Hearts 2 from memory. (laughs) Just piece together each bit. (laughs) Remember, it starts in like... uh, You're in like Traverse Town, but like you're not Sora. You're some... Yeah, and you got like your friends. and Sora's in the egg. Yeah, that's right. Sword's the yolk and the egg. Uh, yeah, and, yolk then, from egg. and then like you you enter a tournament with yep. wiffle bats. The, the you battle hit each other something battle. Yeah, you hit each other with wiffle bats and like Vivi from Final Fantasy Nine is there. Yeah. He's just like one of your friends in the town for some reason. Yeah, you you know, you just pal around with Zach Vivi. is there too, I think. No, it's a different character from Final Fantasy uh, Eight. It's the but guy. Who's... there. Yes, that's who I'm thinking of. I think it's Seifer. I think Zach's there too, though. Oh, he's he's boy. somewhere in Kingdom Hearts. Yeah, we'll get to the bottom of this next week. Uh, ratings again: Final Fantasy VI, Domino's, uh, Parmesan packet of video games, Final Fantasy VII, Olive Garden, uh, Parmesan packet of video games. Don't trade virtual on for Final Fantasy VII would be my advice to you. Goodbye, uh, di- goodbye, dinosaur. Wait a minute. Everybody.